We're, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, verses 33 to 39. Today, the title of my sermon is New Wine, Old Wineskins. And we're continuing to see the ministry of Jesus, what he has done, how he was received. And last week, we saw some some pushback to Jesus's ministry, and we're going to see a, set, a series of questions that people have for Jesus over the, the next couple of weeks as people start to seriously consider whether they should listen to this man or not. So have any of you ever hung out with people that you haven't, haven't hung out with in like 15, 20 years? It's a weird experience. I, I, I did that a little while ago, and I came home feeling weird. And I was trying to figure out, why do I feel weird? And it was because I acted like I acted 15, 20 years ago. It's like you, you kind of morph back into when you were, the last time you hung out, who you were and all that stuff. And I get home and I, honestly, I felt a little dirty. I was like, man, I need to repent for some things I said, for <laughs> some ways that I was acting. Because I'm not who I was 15 years ago. Amen, praise God, thank you, Jesus, since we're in church today. <laughs> but what, what I realized was who I was 15 years ago was not compatible with who I was now. And next time I hung out with them, I had to make a conscious effort of realizing that I cannot act like nothing has changed because there has been a lot of life and a lot of Jesus that has happened since that last time. And we're gonna look at that as we look at the scripture today. A lot of times we like to mesh the old with the new, but Jesus has a word for everybody when they try to do that with him and his ministry that is going to continue to catapult and set apart the ministry of Jesus as we unfold it and unpack it in the book of Luke. So we're gonna be reading from Luke chapter five, verses 33 to 39, and we're gonna read from the NLT version today. And it says this, starting in verse 33, you can read on your, sermon, uh, your service sheets with me. One day people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new. The old is just fine, they say. So here's some context into what is happening here in the scriptures. Is the 
people see Jesus and his ministry, they see what he's doing, and then they compare it to what they know of the Pharisees. As we met the Pharisees last week, we learned who they were, and they compare it to John, who's the last of the Old Testament prophets, the last of the great prophets, and his disciples. And they look at Jesus, and they look at his disciples, and they say, something isn't matching here. John's disciples, the Pharisees, are always so sad and depressed and fasting and giving up all the goodness of food. No, I made some of that up, you know. The <laughs> but we come to you, Jesus, and your disciples, and look at you eating and feasting and drinking and partying and having a good time. When are your disciples going to be miserable like the rest of them? We only know the religion that we have been given. Jesus loved to have a good time. Amen. You ever read the Old Testament? Everybody over, always overlooks how much of a good time he wanted people and his people to have. And so the people wanted what they, they saw the old way of doing things. This is how it's always been done. This is how the religious elite have told us to do it. This is how the, the, the spiritual leaders have set it down. This is how in the scriptures that we've seen it done, that we need to fast. And in the Old Testament, you see there's, so many different reasons to fast, but ultimately it was to come closer to God. And so then they see Jesus, who's supposed to be this religious authority, who's teaching like he is one, like having authority over the scriptures like they've never seen before, but they realize there's a difference. You, your people are not fasting. What is going on here? And so Jesus takes this opportunity to teach. And he has a strong reaction to what they say. And he doesn't necessarily answer the fasting question by itself, but he then answers a broader question and lives and gives a new teaching. And so Jesus basically has a strong reaction and says that he will not allow the new to be tainted with the old. And there's two illustrations that Jesus uses here. Jesus uses the illustrations to show how important it is that the old not be confused with the new. The first one is the one of the garment. He says, nobody's going to take a new garment. Imagine you just go, I don't know, Louis Vuitton, something expensive. You buy a new suit, you buy a new dress, you buy a new top, whatever. And then you, you go home and you look and your, your favorite old outfit has a rip. Jesus says, are you, are you going to take a scissor and cut that new garment that you just paid a lot of money for and take that and use it to patch the old garment? Because if you do that, it's gonna not only have you ruined the new garment, but you're going to ruin the old garment because of how the fabrics are working together. That you can't put new fabrics on old fabrics because of how they stretch. The old garment is going to be destroyed and the new garment is destroyed. What he's doing is he's showing you the absurdity of what they're asking here. That you, this old and new are incompatible. This is an absurd thought that they are bringing before him. I love when we bring logical questions to God and then we are, we are given the absurdity and said, what are you, crazy? Both are ruined, Jesus says. The next illustration he says, he says, new wine you can't pour that into old wineskins because what will happen? See, I don't really know much about wineskins and how they're making wine these days. I don't like the taste of wine. I'm sorry, it just, it's just gross to me. 
So I don't know much about this. So I had to look it up. What happens is when they would make wineskin from, I forget which animal, lamb, I believe, and they would, as soon as they had this fresh skin from the animal, they would pour the new wine. And that was the season, the year of the wine. And then the wine would ferment with the skin and the skin would get hard while the wine was fermenting. And so with the wine ferments and expands, it wouldn't blow up the skin because the new skin was flexible. And then as the skin hardened and the wine fermented, they did this together and they were able to work together to have a good year of wine. Now, if you took an old wine skin, your wine's empty and you're looking for some new wine and you are cheap like a lot of people are and you think, I'm not buying new wine skins and you put the new wine in it, what happens is that new wine now needs to expand and ferment and do all the things it has to do, but the wine skin has become hard, has become brittle, and so what will happen, it will burst. And now your old wine skin is destroyed and your new wine is spilled all over the floor. They are incompatible. The people, what they wanted was to push the old traditions onto what Jesus was doing. So Jesus affirms their place. He says, yeah, my people are gonna fast when I leave, but makes a statement, this is new. See, the people had been eating those ShopRite donuts They've been eating those, those super fresh donuts. And Jesus was like, these are some Peter Pan donuts. You don't know about those Peter Pan donuts. Right? You think you love donuts. You've been to shop or anything. Donuts are amazing. But when you go to Peter Pan, I just looked it up before, before I was like, are these the best donuts? Because those are my favorite donuts. And it's like 2,000 five-star reviews. <laughs> If you ever want to bless me, the apple pie donut from Peter Pan, my Lord. <laughs> the people had been eating ShopRite donuts their whole life, and they said, man, these donuts are just fine, Jesus. What are you doing? We don't need anything new. And Luke says they wouldn't even try the new wine because they said the old was fine. They didn't even know what Jesus was offering. They didn't even know what was out there and how this new thing would change their life and was so much better than what they had. See, a lot of times when we come to Jesus, we want to bring the old with us because we like it. And we see the new way that Jesus calls us to walk into our life. And we say, well, no, I, I like my old routines. I like my old, I like my old calendar. I like putting work first. I like doing this with entertainment. I like all the things that I love. And when we come to Christ, we say, how am I gonna shove five minutes of Jesus into my calendar instead of revolutionizing my routine, my life, and my calendar and saying what Jesus offers is so much greater? My old life without him is incompatible with the new. And when I come to him and I look at my old life and I say, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. And I look at Jesus and I say, hmm, I like that part, I like that part, I like that part. Let's bring it together. Let me tell you, your sister, brother, you are not serving Jesus at that point. You are serving an idol made of your own image and likeness. And Jesus says, impossible, impossible, impossible. 
when I come, what I bring cannot stay with the old. We cannot bring our political beliefs into the kingdom and try to mash them all together. No, the kingdom is a different way. It doesn't fit Democrat. It doesn't fit Republican. It is kingdom. It is Jesus. We can't bring our way of seeing the world to the scripture and saying, now I'm going to look at my lens that I've been taught by media, that I've been taught by my professors and say, hmm, let me read the Bible like this. No, we put on the lens of Christ, the Holy Spirit lens and say, man, what are you trying to teach me today? Because everything that goes counter to what I've been taught, I'm throwing it out the window. It is not compatible with what you bring, Jesus. Or we look at the culture and we want to mix Jesus with it. Come on, I can use my horoscope and read the Bible. I don't even know what that Pisces, whatever the heck that stuff is. I just smile and nod when people tell me what I am. Cool. Some of us are more dedicated to reading that in the news every day than we are to reading our scriptures every day. Because we like some fool telling us what our day may look like rather than what the truth of the scriptures is that we may not like to hear. We like what tickles the ears, as it says in scripture. There's no problem with my crystals and my Jesus with my seance and my Jesus. And we try to mingle the culture with our Jesus and think, let me take the best parts of both. And this is what the Jews at this time, these people are saying, look, this is what we like, Jesus. What are you doing? And he says, no, this is a new way. Church, this is a new way. This is not the American way. This is not the way of the West. This is not Fox News way. This is not MSNBC way. This is Jesus way. And there is no other way that is greater. It is not a mingling. It is not a co-mingling. It is not a mixing. It is either one or the other. And we need to get our eyes on Jesus or we are following something else. It's 2022, we may say, this is what we should believe about sexuality, gender, and morality. And guess what? I see it here and I see it there, but what does scripture say? I'll never forget what my atheist gay professor who went to mass every week taught me about the Bible in college. He said, you can make the Bible say whatever you want and then proceeded to teach a semester about what the Bible said. And I remember that last week, I raised my hand and I asked him, Professor, haven't you just made the Bible say whatever you want? And he laughed. And that's what we do. We make the Bible say what we want. The Bible couldn't possibly mean this. It has to mean what I want it to say. And we bring our desires and we bring the old ways and we bring the world's ways and we bring it to the scriptures. We say, I... 
I like what the scriptures say, but I like what this says too. So let's put them together. And now let's get this better way. And Jesus will have none of it. He did not come to give a piece of garment to match our many colored coat. He came to put on the garment of righteousness that is solely his. He didn't say, here's an extra pin to add to your book bag, to your collection. That now you can say you're spiritual as well as liberal or conservative and all the other categories that you want to go with. No, he said, this is a new book bag. See, Jesus brings something better. Jesus describes the covenant with Israel as an old garment that was broken. There was something wrong with it. He describes the old covenant with Israel as an old wineskin that was fragile. It was very easy to break them. What Jesus was bringing was new. It was not just patchwork to the old. It wasn't let me come and just fix up a couple of things and it's gonna be all nice and dandy again. No, that wasn't what he was bringing. It wasn't wrapped up in the old for safety. No, 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 no. It was completely new. It's when we take communion every month, what do we say? We say, this is the new covenant in my blood that Jesus said before he died that next day. Yes, Jesus fulfills the Old Testament because that's who he is, but he brings something better. And what we have today is better. It's better than the Old Testament. It's better than what the world has to offer. It's better than what my professors had to teach me. It's better than what the media will try to shove down my throat. It's better than what the algorithm will feed me on social media. It's better than the entertainment on Netflix. It is better, it is better, it is better, it is better. In Acts chapter two, verse 17, it says the spirit is now for all people. It wasn't just for one person that was gonna lead a special event like it was in the old covenant. No, we all have the spirit of God inside of us now to guide us, lead us, teach us, convict us. It is better. We are all part of the priesthood with God as our inheritance. It isn't just for the Levites anymore. It isn't just for the chosen few who made a good decision when the Israelites were leaving the slavery and were walking into the promised land. No, who has the inheritance of God? It is all his children now. It is better. That is 1 Peter 2.9. Our covenant is based on one of faith and not on works of the law. Come on, somebody. It is better. It is better, it is better, it is better. In the law, we had no real hope to ever be perfect, but in Christ, in Christ, all of us stand perfect before God. It is better. It is better, it is better, it is better. But not only does he institute this better confidence, this new covenant, but the illustration he uses is important. Important. 
See, the question they asked, why are your disciples having a great time and never fasting like us? The answer is because no one fasts around the groom at a wedding feast. Can you imagine you about to get married? And you bring out all the food, you're ready to party. Your friend's just hangry. Your bridesmaid, your groomsmen, whatever it is, they're just mad, they're not dancing, they're they got the shakes. It's been so long since they ate. They're trying to get their makeup done in the bathroom, but we all see what's under there. You mad. And there's only one remedy for it. You need a donut. What are you going to do? This is a day of celebration. What are you doing? At that point, it's like, I'm, you're going to eat. I don't care what you're going to do today. You're going to eat. But what Jesus does is he likens his bodily presence on earth as one big wedding party. And guess what? He is the groom. Do you all know who the bride is? Us sitting here, right here, the church, we are the bride of Christ. Ephesians 2 likens husbands and wives to Christ and to the church. When Jesus, he doesn't use this illustration flippantly, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was saying that this is the wedding feast. I am marrying the bride of Christ. I am marrying you. You are my people. And Ephesians 2.25 gives us cause for celebration. What does it mean that Christ marries us? What does it mean that we are the bride of Christ? What does it mean? Paul says this. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He says, this is what Jesus does for the church. This is what Jesus does for me and you. This is what we get when we become a Christian, when we follow Jesus, we become his bride. And these are all the things that he does, that he might, what, sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish. Jesus is the exemplary husband. And with us as his bride, this is what he is committed to. Jesus commits to sanctifying us. He will set us apart, church. He will purify us so that we, yes, we are in the world, but we are not what? Of the world. We are light to the world. We are on a hill. We are separated from it. We are different from it. Yeah, the world has its politics. The world has its kings and its queens, its presidents and its prime ministers. But we have our king who has come and is coming again. And with his kingship, not only does he say he is Lord over us, but he has committed himself to us, to set us apart from everyone else, to sanctify us. It says that he will cleanse us. You may feel dirty today. In fact, you may feel dirty tomorrow after you go home and you heard a good word and you did some stupid things, said some stupid things, cut some people off. 
And you may think, man, I felt so good yesterday in the presence of God. I felt so good in worship. I don't feel so good today. I'm not going to Jesus. What does he do? He cleanses us. He washes us with the word. When you feel dirty, where should you go? You should go to Jesus. You should go to his presence because he is the only one that can cleanse us. He is the only one that has the garment of righteousness that he will put over us so that we can go before him pure without blemish. Every morning I wake up in realization that I was born in sin and I pray this prayer to Jesus. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can deliver us. He is the only one who can cleanse us, who can purify us. Your husband, Jesus, cleanses you today. He goes before you and washes you with his word so that you can stand before God. Yeah, you may feel dirty. Yeah, you may have old garments on. Yeah, you may have dirty rags for righteousness. But guess what? When you go to Jesus, what does he do? He washes you up. He cleanses you. He gives you a new garment. And he says, there you are in splendor and glory before the majesty of our God. He will present us without blemish, spot, or wrinkle on that final day. If that is not cause to celebrate, I don't know what is. Because I should be presented with spots. I should be presented with wrinkles. I should be presented with blemishes. But we're going to go into that green room before the judgment day. And Jesus is going to look at us. Mm-mm-mm. Start taking out that measuring tape going around the thighs. I'm just standing there like this. What's going on right now? He's going to come out with that perfect fit. Like, I got you tapered and everything. It is ready to go. Now you're ready. Go before the judge. And then guess what? He's going to step out. Guess what? I'm the judge. You look good today. I know who took care of you. I know who sanctified you. I know who washed you and gave you that great garment. Yeah, you passed my standards. says that he will nourish us. He is going to feed us first with the pure milk of scripture to get us going, to grow our spirituality. Then he's going to come with that good stuff, that steakhouse steak that you go to once a year, every five years. Like, man, this is celebration night. Y'all going to leave here hungry today. Like, why am I craving donuts and steak right now? Don't let any nutritionists be like, that's not Jesus nourishing you, Justin. It's vegetables. We're in church right now. We're partying. (laughs) My sister's going to slap me after the service. (laughs) He's going to make sure that we're well fed, that we look healthy, that we got every nutrient that was needed for us. And when we stand before him, it won't be sickly. But it will be healthy, pure, beautiful. To what? To cherish us. To hold us. 
love us, to cherish us and say, you're mine. Come with me. Revelation says no one can snatch us out of his hand. He's got that grip on us. You ever see a newborn baby grip their parent's finger, their shirt, like nothing is letting this parent out of my sight. You ain't going nowhere without me. That's Jesus right there just gripping us. You ain't going nowhere. He cherishes you, church. You are his bride. You may have felt like you had cold feet and ran out, and guess what? He went, and he got you, and he brought you back, just like that lost lamb that was stuck. He put you on his shoulders and brought you back because he cherishes his people. He cherishes you. He cherishes me. That when I go before him, it's not condemnation. Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. It is not condemnation, but it is to say, let me clean you up. Let me get you some new clothes. Let me sweep up the house. See, some of us need to repent of thinking the world's ways, the old ways are better. And know that what Jesus offers is not only better, but it will not be mixed. It is pure. It is his way. And we may come to him just like those people went that day. What about when we did things this way? There may be things in your life that you say, what about this really worked for me before? You may look at the culture around you. What about what these people are saying? It's 2022, Jesus. You still really mean that? What about? And Jesus is gonna say, you cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. Here's your new wineskin and here's the good wine. He did not come to share his bride with the world. He came to set her apart. I ask you today, will you accept what he is offering? Will you accept what he's offering and not bring anything that you want to that altar? Because it will not be mingled. Leave everything behind. And when you go to Jesus, Go to him just like you came into the world with nothing and naked because he has the garment that you are in need of. He has everything that he will supply for you. And everything that he gives you is better than anything the world, your friends, or your old life can offer. And do not mix it because not only will you break the old garment, but you will tear the new. Can you stand with me? Holy Spirit, we just thank you for being here right now.
There's so many things, Lord, that we want to bring to our new life with you because it's hard for us to grasp that what you have is better for us. It's hard for us to realize that, Lord, the future that you have is greater than what we could imagine. Lord, the being in your presence better than a thousand days anywhere else. Sometimes it's hard to see Lord, when we've been tasting something else that has seemed good to us to realize that what you have to nourish us with is so much better. But Lord, help us come before you in faith today and realize that you will sanctify us, cleanse us, present us, nourish us, and cherish us. And all that we leave behind, even our own righteousness and good works, all that we leave behind will make ready for all that you want to do. Prepare our hearts to come before you in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer of any kind, we're going to have our prayer team here on the side. And I invite you to come and pray. If you have a need in your life, there's something that struck you. If you don't know why, but you just say, brother, sister, I need prayer today. We invite you at any moment during worship to come. If you aren't coming up for prayer, I invite you to participate in worship. Don't just sing a song but enjoy the presence of God before we leave today.